0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknomedia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Anime Crash Course. Uh, with me this month, we have Keith. Hey, how you doing? How's it going, man? How's it been?
1: Uh, Pretty great. As always, I'm super excited to talk about this.
0: Uh, Yeah, because this is a very special one. So this being now the jolly month of December, I thought we had to get a little bit Christmassy. And the only Christmas anime I can really think of that's worth talking about is, of course, uh, the 2003 magnum Opus, Satoshi Cohen's Tokyo Godfathers. However, we are going to... Side all that for a hot minute, because it would be a crime against God and anime if we didn't spend a little bit of talk, a little bit of time talking about the man, the myth, the legend Satoshi Ko
1: Oh, just an absolute hero.
0: Where do yeah, this where okay. the greatest? Oh, he's one of the greatest direct. Like, I wouldn't even say anime directors, directors flat out. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just uh, in 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 cinema. He just a true legend. Okay. So, I suppose we'll begin at the beginning. Uh, so, Cone is a, a, a widely beloved and iconic uh, animator, director, screenwriter, and mangaka from Hokkaido in northern Japan. Uh, he got a start as an animator in kind of smaller projects like Rojin Z and Hashiri Melos back in the early 90s. Uh, and he also did a little bit of manga work in Young Magazine with a little known name. You might have heard of him. Katsuhiro Otomo, the guy that wrote Akira. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Thus, starting the sheer laundry list of icons that Cone has worked with over over his time, which is it's 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 insane just how many he was worked with. Uh, like later on in his manga in his manga career, he uh, created the manga Seraphim with Mamura Oshii, who went on later then to create. Ghost in the shell.
1: It it, it 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 it's really just phenomenal how he was like he was not only one of the greatest, but he was like he worked with all the greatest. Yeah,
0: like, like it, it, I don't this. know I don't know if that speaks more just kind of him as a creator or just the 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 scene, like the media anime magazine just all of that kind of early nineties that was just cultivated. Because like this is that was kind of the, the the boom of this kind of golden age where you have now suddenly uh, like legacy animators back from like the 60s when anime was just start when like pop like anime had started to boom are now legacy creators now training in these new talents that have their bringing their own sense of creativity and the the, the scene was still kind of like wild nobody could pin down really a, a basic theme or structure or tropes for it so you just got all these wild creatives kind of coming out the gate like Oshi and Cone just throwing everything at the wall so I think it's, it's it's kind of it was just this perfect storm that kind of created all of these people definitely
1: oh absolutely and uh e- even with the like diversity of what each of them had done at that time like it wasn't like they were all doing battle animes or they were all doing like moe stuff they all had vastly different stuff and they all had hands in each other's work oh, or like you could at least see yeah like they're, they're just everyone's connected like it was it was,
0: it was a small enough space that every it seemed like everyone kind of knew each other at the time and as i said like there was no real kind of tropes holding the the genre together so it was just every and like that's obviously kind of ties into to Japan's economic growth at the time was just allowed this complete explosion of media creativity
1: yeah and um, like it, it, it the creativity also seems to have absolutely been like allowed no it, it does uh, none of his work or none of the work coming out at that time felt like it had producers hands in it and didn't feel like like they were playing to what audiences expected because you know the the, the industry itself was booming and they were allo- It seems like they were just allowed to do whatever they wanted and tell any story they wanted, and they seem to have taken full advantage of this.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like I think it is it is fair to say that like it's it's real difficult to like pin down what kind of director Satoshi Kon was, and um, like as it. Obviously, um, to kind of talk about like what his kind of, his, his directorial work, because that's, you know, obviously the guts of his, uh, his legacy, uh, his, his first movie out the gate was Perfect Blue, which is a instant classic, like psychological thriller. Like, do, take, no matter how much we talk about Tokyo Godfathers later on, take this as me recommending literally anything by Satoshi Kon. (laughs)
1: Ed. Everything, <laughs> not only anything, everything—it's everything. It, all essential viewing. Like I cannot overstate that. It even goes to show when you look at Western directors taking huge influence. Like you can argue that you know Black Swan is perfect blue, and that Paprika is uh, is Inception. Like, oh, like, like it, everyone, as
0: much, like, as much as Christopher Nolan might obfuscate how much he took from Paprika. Uh, Darren Aronofsky has stated, black and white. I, di- I I pulled these themes from Perfect Blue. He has got a record saying he wanted to make a Perfect Blue move, like live action movie.
1: <laughs> really, so, I prob- did not. Oh yeah, know no. I
0: I, he, I think as far as I know, I heard, I read, I was reading that in something. Uh, he he was try like Aronofsky did try to get the, the rights for Blue at some point. And I don't know if that was before or after Black Swan, but uh, like it, we have very kind of clear. Uh, western directors taking influence but yeah so to go back then to kind of code so obviously he came in with perfect blue which is this it's uh, just phenomenal psychological thriller on the self and the self you present to the media which was mind-boggling at the time but it's only become more present with social media and it's insane and it's one of the greatest movies uh, anime movies just ever created but not to rest on his yeah, laurels like, too much. Uh, uh, he then went on to make a, like his second movie, Millennium Actress. Is not a horror, but is more of a kind of a, a surrealist drama.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think Millennium Actress is an th- extremely hard film to describe. To someone I always do to say it's like my granny telling me stories of her youth and how she grew up, and it's just this really bittersweet, but it's as you're saying it, it, it is a drama but it's like I, all I, of his stuff has this sort of underlying thing of like bitter sweetness it's all oh
0: yeah real I, like, gentle I, 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 i'm definitely underselling it and saying drama but like that's if i had to tag one thing onto it that's probably the because again it's like as i said while he could have made his living making thrillers with how successful and how well directed Perfect it was like he went against the great didn't make another horror and just made this this globe-spanning uh just life story of this woman. Yeah. Um and so after that then and again, then to take another just swerve left field, uh, his third movie, which is the subject of the video, he makes a Christmas comedy.
1: <laughs> just you know, as I was saying, they just it it seems like they were just allowed to do whatever they wanted. They were not getting pigeonholed, especially not con con the only thing that that, that, that that that's really consistent in his films is sort of a female perspective, and that's about it, really.
0: Yeah, and like that's, and he's he's he went on record saying that like he always planned between all of his movies, actually, like between um, Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, The Godfather's, and Paprika, like he he always intended to have um, female front stories because that was against the grain, and especially. Like, particularly coming from, like, kind of a, a male auteur as himself, like, it just, it, it always, he was always kind of just trying to be bold and be different. And especially, yeah, I, with, I, I her, and especially with how those, uh, how those female leads are represented. Like, we'll, I think we'll, we'll get into that when we're talking, uh, when we're talking about kind of the characters in Tokyo Godfathers, definitely. But, uh, like, uh, Miki in Perfect Blue is not... Any way, a standard female anime protagonist. She is so rich and deep with layers and complexities and anxieties and insecurities. It's just, it's incredible that uh, that. Uh, frankly, it's incredible that a man could write a woman like that. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and and
1: like you, you can even see him, like essentially making fun of typical female stereotypes in anime media, that, in like the roles she plays and and, and in those terrifying disgusting but amazing dream sequences where she's oh, God, acting yeah. oh like, like go they're on. a hard watch but that man like understood exactly like, look how creepy what you're doing the, is the
0: depth of of the possibilities of it like he it like it uh, like it doesn't come up much in tokyo godfather's but in a lot of his uh pieces like imperfectly with freak they, he just dissects and gets to the root of the otaku fandom, um, yeah. Exploring because he, like, he, he said himself, like he doesn't, he doesn't relate to like how a lot of the fandom. He doesn't believe in what a lot of the fandom at the time was, uh, was kind of standing for, uh, for kind of this obsessive idol culture. Um, but I think as as time went down, particularly like comparing, say, some of the characters in Perfect Blue to Paprika. He understood that while he was definitely against it and wrote it to kind of satire against it, he understood that like a lot of his staff writing it were these people. <laughs> so there's a there's a weird evolution of kind of, of his of his beliefs as time went on there, and uh, comparing some characters between *Perfectly* and Prego.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the the two most obvious people to like those movies actually illustrate that just the difference between the. Two who's ot- really in that the two obsessive characters in both of those, uh, yeah, vastly different. It, it shows a great change in how he, uh, you know, what he thought about them. At least that's how I see it.
0: Oh yeah, oh, I, like, I could, like I'm speaking for someone else, but we could like th- th- we could probably make a whole episode of pair because there like there is a very kind of like sisterhood of Perfect Blue Paprika, of how Paprika reflects on Perfect Blue. Like, that's that's a whole other rabbit hole we could very well go down. But I think we, before we completely lose the plot here, um, just to kind of go back on the rails a little bit. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. just to kind of, just to finish off our section on Satoshi Cohen, unfortunately it is with grave sadness that I have to mention that Cohen did pass away in 2010 from a very sudden bout of pancreatic cancer. Truly, just uh, leaving the world with a, 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 a an A plus repertoire and a, a gaping hole in, in creativity.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's it, it it it's that typical story of he genuinely wasn't appreciated in his own time, and it wasn't until afterwards that people started recognizing him for the genius he was. Like, none of his stuff was very successful, like, financially. But it's no, all... No, like it, was,
0: it was critical, and he won awards. But, like, yeah, it, it didn't... It wasn't blockbuster uh, or as well-known yeah. as it is now.
1: Oh, I was about to say, even when we were did, did discussing... When you, you told us what the topic of this episode was, I was surprised at how little of of a lot like how the others hadn't actually heard of it. Which makes sense, but at the same time I, I, I think just I, I like since I saw Perfect Blue I just immediately went and watched like everything that was out. Like probably in the same week I it, it like I, I think he's still pretty under recognized but I, I, I hope that changes. Like this man deserves all the Respect and uh, you know the the like he he deserves all the praise we're just heaping on him.
0: Like, oh, without easily, a doubt, easily like this. There's a reason I decided to get to dedicate like nearly the first half of this episode to him. Just it's like it, like I if if I want to achieve one thing with this with this episode, it is definitely to get the word out to anyone who somehow does not know. Watch Satoshi Kone. That's, that's, that's the mission statement here. And um, so I suppose, without fern- any further ado, uh, without any further ado, before we get into the main event, uh, fun factoid as well. Before Cohn went and created Perfect Blue, he obviously uh, got his start doing some smaller kind of anime jo- uh, animator jobs. Uh, one of his first credits is on the 1993 JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders OVA. Which again, just you know, another just name tacked against the wall that early nineties fear. That's just so weird to me, because that's a really bad OVA.
1: It, it, yeah, and it's also, it's the furthest thing from anything he'd ever made. <laughs> like for, for for that to be one of his first jobs, just yeah, no, I it, think, it, I think he, was, he was only
0: tangentially uh, involved. I think he was. He was a storyboard artist on a couple of them, and I think he direct he did direct the animation on one episode. But it was def- it said very much that he was just an animator in the room when they got the JoJo's license. But yeah, it's just it's another just sense. odd legacy that this man managed to get himself wrapped up in. Uh, but that now brings us to the main feature of this episode, which is ho 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 Merry Christmas! Uh, it is of course. Uh, his 2003, as I mentioned, uh, comedy Christmas movie, Tokyo Godfather. So the
1: the, the, the the single greatest Christmas movie ever made. I, I, I will stand behind this. Like, I'm not even going to wait till the end before I'm going to be like, just watch this. It's the best.
0: Oh, it's absolutely like it is 100% in like my yearly Christmas uh, viewing up there with Die Hard. Yeah. That, I,
1: that's I, for like, oh, <laughs> Of course, no. E- e- even before h- 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 coming on to to record this, uh, I was talking to my brother, and he was like, oh, so "What are you doing for tonight?" I was like, oh, "I'm recording a podcast." What's it on? And I said, "It's that movie about the the." I basically described the plot, and he was like, "Oh, that film you've been trying to talk to me <laughs> about it for years. I'm glad you found someone." You're <laughs> just sick of me pushing this film on him and he will not watch it oh, i'm Lord. going to get him
0: what are the I just you got you just gotta stealth him you just gotta like you just gotta sit him down and say yeah you know we're gonna we're gonna watch i don't know die hard and then you, just, you just pop that blu-ray in and then you can't <laughs> escape exactly
1: and that, 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 that that's it like that's why i have the blu-ray so when i recommend it to people there's no excuse i can just give it to you like
0: <laughs> Uh, okay, so I suppose just a small light uh, bit of background of the film as we've already gone over its creator. Tokyo Godfathers was created in 2003, directed, of course, by Cone, uh, and was animated by the team over at Madhouse, who we touched on later would go on then to make One Punch Man. See our very first episode of Anime Crash Course for that. Uh, another notable, actually, uh, staffer that I, was, that I found on this is um, the co-writer of the script for the movie is uh, Keiko Nobumoto who was the creator of Wolf's Reign and was also a lead scriptwriter on Cowboy Bebop.
1: That is the weirdest. So, it's, just, it's, um, more of these, just,
0: it's just these strings that just keep going back to things like but just like that I think that just that really just kind of shows the caliber like between 2003 Madhouse who was the team that would later go on to like make Death Note. Uh, very I think very shortly They're after the after, team uh, like Mad and I think yeah, this this was I think at the time when they were doing no bones was from uh, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm sorry for everything. Um, <laughs> this is getting caught, but yeah, I think like that's kind of like that just shows kind of between Cone and uh, Nobimoto, this really kind of like is is and this, the team over at Mad this is really showing spotlight just the quality of staff on hand for this project. Do
1: you actually know who did the the score for this? Because I. Forgot oh. to check that, but I want a huge shout out to the soundtrack and score in this. It's, it, it, it's jaunty and fun, it's so sad, I, it's, it's everything. Because I it, it, it's like one of the things that sticks with me about this just like between Madhouse, Satoshi Khan, and whoever did the soundtrack in this, uh, just
0: the soundtrack is by uh, Keiichi Suzuki, uh, i yeah, Suzuki. no, you're right, like it's it's such an oddball kind of like as a jaunty but then kind of dark and dramatic when it needs to be just like weird kind of elevator pop.
1: Katie Suzuki is a is 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 a guy who did the Earthbound soundtrack.
0: I did hear that. Yes, I knew there was something about that. Yes.
1: That yes. makes complete sense.
0: Sorry that, yeah, to just like derail the whole ball. thing. No, absolutely. Like listen again. You know, more threads. Like the yeah, no, like more threads and more showing the more spotlight and the quality. Like this it's it everybody on this staff knew what they were doing and was perfect for it. Like that weird kind of bubbly, surrealistic kind of sound absolutely just hits the tone on the head here. Um, Absolutely. uh, And also before we go, so, so what's, okay. So what's Tokyo Godfather's about? Well, for a start, it is, if you want to kind of a basic premise, it is loosely based off of elements from the 1913 novel, Three Godfathers, which has been the source of several uh, other films, such as the John Wayne film with the same name back in 1948, and fun fact 2002's Ice Age. Oh, okay, which has been cited. <laughs> well, I guess I can based, see that. Which, yeah, you know, listen, once you see, once you know what, once we describe the plot, the similarities are there. Uh, so Tokyo Godfathers yeah. follows. Uh, our three, our cast of three characters, all of which are homeless, living in the streets of Tokyo, uh, while they find a baby abandoned in a rubbish pile, and spend the runtime of the movie trying to find, um, trying to find its parents. Um, so it is somewhere between. Uh, so it is somewhere between finding plot points between uh, the three Godfathers and also just. Jesus of Nazareth and this is this is not subtext this is something the movie absolutely hammers home by having the very start of the movie be the three wise men talking at in a, in a school play production
1: yeah and, 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 and even that opening scene is the best children actors <laughs> It's children being children it's, it's perfect
0: just that that kind of toneless pitchless just it's brilliant.
1: But, but but it sets the absolute like it sets the mood for the whole film it's shot so straight and so serious, but it's still pretty funny like this movie despite all the weird sad topics it brings up and it gets really sad hmm. um it's always got that like smile underneath it's all it's it's it's, it's, it's oh, bit, bittersweet yeah you know?
0: what yeah like it's as i said, i think at its heart it's a comedy, but it touches on so many. Real and hard hitting issues like, uh, like as you mentioned, the three our three leads are homeless. So I touch on the homeless crisis and how Japan views them, but also in our three characters, which I suppose we will kind of get into now. Uh, so our three leads are Gin, who is a who is a an alcoholic uh, older man who left his family. Uh, we have Hana, who is a trans woman, uh, who had to become homeless for various circumstances, uh, and Miyuki, who is a 16-year-old runaway girl, and all three of them as being kind of outcasts of society. Like, Cone really kind of narrows into what it is about each of them that society has, has relegated to, their, to the outskirts, and just kind of really just kind of hits the core of each of them in a, in a way that is so prescient. But, and again... This movie is still a comedy. <laughs> it's it's how we manage to balance these tones. Um... Yeah,
1: like in, in any other film, Jin would be hateful. He, like I, I couldn't see myself liking him in anything else, but uh, he, the way he's presented and the characterization, he just you understand every character and their motivation. You may not they like you may not get the resolution you want. But you can understand how they got there, and why they continue to do what they do. It's, oh, it's, it saying, it's, it's like, marvelous.
0: All of them, like like they all have faults. So like they're a very human characters. Huge. Uh, yeah. Like obviously, you know, Gin. He's a he's a substance abuser, uh, but he's also brash and abrasive and cold, uh, constantly just insulting everyone around him, and then just kind of taking any chance. Any chance to to find a drink and just uh, or lash out at those that have wronged him, like at the, uh, like like at the 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 yakuza boss, who, uh, who he found out uh, who who is is part of the cause of him being homeless, Um, but when he does find something he cares about, particularly when he's reminded of of his daughter, it's he shows a tenderness of. Of a loving father. And it's like, it kind of, it's it's that kind of two sides where he's an asshole, but he's also an asshole that's been ground into the dirt by society, or literally by a bunch of teenagers as a show to the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So it's, it's a kind of a, a violence repeats violence cycle, but like he, he still has things he very much cares about.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's almost like the, the three main characters all feel like. They are, uh, they have like, they know what they need to do and they know how they ended up in the situation, why they're there, but they're not, they're either punishing themselves for it or they are afraid of uh, confronting that. And that's like plainly shown to you. Like, it's also like, if you watch this, you will relate, even if you don't relate with the circumstances, you know the emotion, you know how all of this feels.
0: Oh, yeah. No, like, I... Like, uh, ha- like Hannah is one of my favourite characters in media, period. She's incredible because she, she's so tragic while being still so bubbly, I suppose is the best way to put it. She, like, knowing that she is an outcast society by virtue of being herself I think yeah, it's 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 the scene where she kicks up a fuss to Gin in front of his daughter, and she yeah. basically has to explain that she had to she had to be the bad guy to gives to give Gin sympathy. And when Miyuki confronts her about that, I was like, why the why why would you sacrifice yourself? And she just basically explains like, I've I've always you know I've I've always kind of had to act the bad guy because you know that's what society expects of me. I'm like, oh god, Hannah, you expect oh, you deserve so much more. You're and too good for this
1: the, the, world. The, the, yeah, she she really is. And talk about the, the the this is 1997, and made by like a straight man in a very conservative part of Japan, and he just has full respect and understanding. It's oh yeah. There yeah. there's but no, like, like I, I i I've I've heard people say stuff about like oh there's you know the typical. Camp nineties thing about like how, how to present like LGBT people? But I any time Hannah does that, it's when she's doing she's playing up her role essentially the, the role she feels society has dictated for her. Yeah, and especially in in in, in like her her hostess moments where mm-hmm. it's showing the, the big campy parts, but also just the strongest character.
0: Yeah, like it it just it. It doesn't feel played up, because when she actually has to be sincere, she really kind of gets down to the dirt of it, and just kind of, you can see her be solemn about that, and it, it's that reflection that kind of makes makes her feel very real, where, like, you know, because, you know, we got, we, when we kick off and meet her, like, it, it, like she's always very enthusiastic, very bubbly, very bright, so that's, like, we just kind of, we, we, we were told off the bat that that's just her disposition. And so it does. Yeah. It doesn't feel played off. It just that that's that's who she is as a person. Uh, and also, like, not to say, uh, just how exaggerated all of the characters get in this. Like, with how serious the topics can get, some of the animation becomes Looney tunish <laughs> when things oh, when things the, exaggerate the, the running. The running. Yeah. The, some of the faces when like there's when they get like overexpressed. <laughs> Uh, just how, like you know, suddenly chins grow about three sizes. It just—it's wonderful.
1: Oh, again, is like the—he becomes monstrous at points. <laughs> like it—it's it, SpongeBob-esque where they do the hyper detailed zoom in on SpongeBob. Yeah, like that's everybody's, what it reminds everybody's
0: so rubbery when you know when they need to move. It's—it's it's wonderful, and again, that's this. Okay, well, to bring that kind of back around, then to. As I said, the heart of this being its comedy, its slapstick is so on point. Yeah, like even just to watch, like the the first, as I said, the intro of the movie where, um, where they go through the trash pile, Gin and Miyuki kick off and just start slapping the ever loving life out of each other like Daffy Duck and <laughs> Daffy Duck and uh, Bugs Bunny. Then Hannah finds the baby and declares it that that this is their baby now and that this is a gift from God and the look on the two faces before the truck pulls up title card just it's it's this perfect score of just the first time I saw that in the cinema, I could not stop laughing
1: oh, i um I still laugh at that I like here i'm I'm just sitting here with the biggest grin in my head the
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, It's it's so wonderful and it's, it's, it's scenes like that that make me want to watch this year on year every Christmas uh, and aside from the fact that you know because it is a movie that is altogether about um, about family be it kind of found or blood related and uh, that kind of finding familial connection and love and society it definitely like it just it is in essence a Christmas
1: movie Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like even without the backdrop of you know December in Japan. It's, uh, it is, but it's, it, yeah, like, I, 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 I think also the fact this being the only, the only real, like, Christmas anime, uh, also makes complete sense with it. Cause, like, these are casts, you don't exactly think, you know, Christmas, Japan, but, like, everything about this just sort of works to make this, like, it's an, it's a, it's an untraditional family. It's a, it, it's a holiday in a land where that, that, that holiday is kind of foreign. It's three complete outcasts to society, both like literal and figurative, like how, you know, what each character represents th- 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 themselves and how they'd be shunned in society if they weren't already part of like a forgotten generation because, you know, they're homeless in Japan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like it, 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 it has that, that underlying current of hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's, like, that's another kind of interesting topic because like the reason why there isn't, wouldn't be like the proliferation of like the kind of the Christmas special, like there would be here in the West is because yeah, Christmas is a very different thing over there. Uh, obviously like a uh, Christian domination is very, very low for several historical geopolitical reasons. Uh, that it's, it's only a very recent concept to their culture uh, because of Westernization of very recent decades. Um, so it does, like, especially at Christmas, as a Christian Christmas, very new, and it's very interesting that, like, this is Christmas through a very Christian lens um, that doesn't even feel like it just yep. skimmed the cliff notes of, of uh, the, the birth of Jesus. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I I didn't even think of that. that. That that just reinforces what I was trying to say earlier. like, yeah, this, 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 this movie is like almost point for point. The oh, no, know, it's, it's as I said, it's, not, it's,
0: it's not subtext. and uh, Kyoko is Jesus in this movie. Like, I I think like one of the I I I'd heard one uh, criticism about this movie being. Some 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 le- some elements of Deus Ex Machina, uh, being you know kind of being played off and just kind of being you know coming out of nowhere. But to me, that's kind of the point. At times, there like there is an element of the. Dev- I got a lot of this from a video called uh, Satoshi Kone and Why All You Need Is Love, uh, his episode on. On Tokyo Godfathers by YouTube called Bread Sword. It's been an hour long. and just kind of gets into gets into the, the history of Japan and Christianization and how that kind of relates into Satoshi Kon and uh, and Tokyo Godfathers. Work brilliant, brilliant video. Definitely recommend it. Uh, you should definitely check it out if you haven't already. I
1: haven't. I'll have to watch that.
0: Do absolutely. let added
1: add it to the list.
0: But geez, yeah, where I, I I'm I think I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> Now, I, I'm going to be completely
1: open and honest. Uh, I just have so much. There's, um, like, I'm going to recommend a video that I recommended to you before we went on air here. But uh, if that's Google, no, not Google, put, put, put into YouTube uh, uh, every frame of painting, Satoshi Kon, and there is just this, like, seven-minute, uh, yeah, it's about a seven-minute long, video that just is a complete love letter to the editing alone of uh, Satoshi Kon. and it gets into some of how the like rather than us talk about the comedy he presents like he's he, he, the only time I've ever seen anyone explain a joke and still make it funny <laughs> is when he explains the homeless man's death scene in that video
0: oh, gets me yeah. every time oh, yeah. That's yeah. Like this, this is the type of movie we're talking about. We're talking about where a homeless man full on dies, and it's still one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Yeah, and I, I can't, I can't say any more than that without, without ruining it.
1: Yeah, I, I, really don't like. Like, the story itself is very basic. You know, three homeless people find a baby, and uh, try and they it, kind of try home. and find the parents but it's everything in the, it's everything else. Oh, it's, it's, it's the it's, characterization. It the characters It's the and comedy. The, it, it, it,
0: and even the scenes, like, as I mentioned, earlier, like, you know, they go through a Yakuza wedding. They end up in a cabaret club. They end up in a dilapidated house. Like it's, it's just, and it's the, and the pacing is so pitch perfect. There's never felt like a wasted moment across the time.
1: Exactly. It's, 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 and It's not a short film either. It's but every they, they, there's not a wasted second, and I uh, really they, this is Madhouse at their best. It's not action, but it's the the animation of the characters, just like the comedy, the pacing, the timing, everything. The shots are beautiful. Like when when but when the movie takes a moment to breathe, and it just like hangs on like a dripping drain pipe for like a second longer than you think it would, and you're like okay, <laughs> it's going to be good. Like the, and then yeah, it goes
0: on. So many just details. Like another, like, w- like another thing that as you watch it several times, every Christmas, you just pick up little, little quirks and little details. Like only the, only on my last viewing did I notice the office lights. Um, when the, the teenagers are beating up Gin and it's how it's almost like a street fighter life bar and yeah yeah it's yeah, going the down lights, the <laughs> lights on the lights on Ginn's side go down to one one of the kids falls over one of the lights on their side turns down to one and as Ginn gets back up the lights start through. it's just little things like that that you don't notice on the first thing around that just it's like the the amount of effort that went into like just the small details the minutiae it's wonderful yeah it's
1: a- down to how the characters move, and like every character has a very distinct movement. But you you can tell their emotional. St- this, you can tell their emotional state by how by their posture. It's like none of it's rigid. Like I've never seen. Well, I, I, I'm sure I have. But in talking about this, I'm just going to gush over. Like everything in this movie is working together. Like this, it is perfect. Uh, I, 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 and I've seen loads of reviews of this film that like give it like three out of five stars, and people not really being hugely into it. And I cannot understand that. I just, I've probably done more damage to someone's first viewing of this by just gushing over it. But I do not care. I, it's not every day I get to talk about this movie. It's the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I have given you this outlet. <laughs>
1: uh, I, 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 I. I yeah, I'm lost for words here. Just how that's, much I love this thing. That's
0: exactly it. I, 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 I frankly don't think there's anything more we can we can say without just breaking down the whole plot, the movie scene by scene.
1: I was about to say, I don't think that would do it justice. I think the best thing you can do with this movie is just give someone the synopsis: three homeless people on Christmas. Find a dumpster, baby, literally, and try and reunite it with his family, and just go from there. Just watch it, watch it every year. Uh, make a party for Christmas, or, 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 or you know, your general winter uh, watching list, and just tank us later. It's, it's, it's the
0: best. Make a tradition. Bring people in. Make it their tradition. Spread the word. Spread the love. Spread Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, brothers.
1: that's it. That, that, that's the goal
0: <laughs> that's that's like that's that's the dream of this truly my, uh well i think if if we my, my else,
1: gravestone will read
0: <laughs> watch tokyo <Yeah>. godfathers <laughs> excellent well I yeah think, i i i think if we have nothing else to add uh we we shall we shall call it there so where in the year 2020 is tokyo godfathers now alas None of Satoshi Cohen's uh, cinematic works seem to be available to stream anywhere. It's truly a crime. Uh, So if you have to go get Tokyo Godfathers, it is a physical release only. However, as of March this year, uh, the publisher G Kids have recently come out with a new fully updated uh, 4K Blu-ray release of the film, which, now keep in mind, this is a 17-year-old movie, has recently only had a dub. So, if you're not a fan of reading subtitles, there is now an English dub. From the excerpts I could seek it and find, it sounds really, really good. It sounds like a lot of care went into the, the character voices. Uh, so, definitely check that out if you're not a huge fan of subs. I unfortunately rushed to buy it and ended up buying an old Blu-ray, so I I've just got the Japanese.
1: I, I, I didn't realize there was a dub release of it. I'm gonna to have to buy that, and my brother's watching this. Like he, that, that, that's what I'm doing. It's happening. Um, also, I I saw earlier that uh, Amazon Prime has uh, a, lot, like Prime Video has a uh, Tokyo Godfires. It's not available in Ireland, but if you have a VPN, that's another feasible way of watching this without having to, you know.
0: Oh, do a list I did stuff on the internet. That that was on Amazon. Okay, that's yeah, that's 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 your go-to then. If, if I you... could
1: be wrong, I thought earlier, but uh, that's just, just, just if you have a VPN and Amazon Prime, whatever it's asking, I I I, I think it's worth paying for 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 for, I, for 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 this movie.
0: I definitely like it. You like you're you're doing yourself a favor by going out and finding a physical release, even if it's just a cheap old DVD, standard DVD. Well worth your time and
1: effort. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm going to buy that new Blu-ray release because it's got a dub. But the second I saw there was a Blu-ray Ray release of the old version, I just bought it. Like, I, it's, it, it's worth yeah. it. Like having it, having it at hand. Like your internet's down or something, just throw on a movie and feel good for almost two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's. And you know that's that's what we need nowadays. That, truly, uh, right? Well, I suppose that is uh, that has been the long and short of it. Uh, it's been a wonderful episode. Uh, truly, had a blast talking about this. Team. I'm glad. I'm glad I, I found someone so enthusiastic about this. Definitely.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have been on this. This may have been the most meandering episode we've had. Maybe not as much as the health one with there, but. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, Still, that's that, that's what we got for I, inviting Darren. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed the, the the death one, and I, I, I hope we we could have like introduced someone to this.
0: Oh, believe me, like this is this episode getting forced into the feed of everyone on the network. So don't don't think I'll be I won't be showing this to everyone I get a chance to. Yeah. Uh, so before we before we go, uh, Keith, is there anything you would like to tell the good people listening?
1: Um, watch everything Satoshi Khan did. Uh, um, that that's it. <laughs> it, it if, if you want to, to sure. see more from me, for some reason, uh, I'm on uh, Instagram as uh, Dry Keith. Uh, Keith is spelled K E E T, and um, I have a band called Herenda and stuff. But really, when it gets down to it. Watch Satoshi Khan films, there is genuinely something for everyone.
0: Yeah, truly, truly, forget about us, watch Satoshi Khan. Yeah, uh, well, as always, <laughs> you can find me over on the network, usually on nerds, no basis. Uh, and we will see you now for another episode of Anime Crash Course next month. Thanks for listening. bye Bye bye. Listening to a Nerd to Know Media Production